grab a six pack, sit back and prepare to laugh. It's Junk That Shirts Podcast. Podcast. Grab a six pack, sit back and prepare to laugh. It's Junk That Shirts Podcast. Podcast. Grab a six pack, sit back and prepare to laugh. It's Junk That Shirts Podcast. Podcast. Grab a six pack, sit back and prepare to laugh. It's Junk That Shirts Podcast. Podcast. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 224 of the Drunk Dash Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Tyler. Enjoy- I don't know why I said it like that. That was weird. But anyways, join me. I threw myself off now for my intro. Uh, joining me with the man, the myth, the legend himself, we have Sir Colonel Gables. What's up, buddy? Hey, Tyler. This has been one hell of a week. And it kind of topped itself off with uh, this Friday being particularly just unusually exciting. And I'll tell you why. Because my workplace, I finally got back after being off on vacation. And uh, some things have changed here. Some people have been let go. Some hired and stuff. But... Today was the kind of the coup de grace. You see, today, we had a customer come into the store. He basically stole a bike that was in the front of the store. So, here's what happened. Can I, can I ask real quick, did he, off, ride, did he ride off on it or did he push it? He did ride off on it. Okay, but damn it. Here's, here's, here's the story of I'm revolving this. The cashier up front recognizes the dude that steals the bike. So, basically, this guy had been a regular customer that shopped around, like, for the past, like, who knows how long. So, she watches as he uh, jumps on the bike. Now, the bike, in and of itself, is like a mountain bike. It's it's sort of grayish and stuff. It's pretty, it was pretty like a, almost a new mountain bike they were charging 100 bucks for. Okay. So, he hops on the bike, he rides out, and, uh, obviously, she reports it to the cops and stuff like that, that, uh, bike had been stolen from the local like goodwill blah 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 and so on and so forth now as as luck would have it as she is telling the cop what this guy looks like the officer actually notices this same dude is running on the bike right past the cop car <laughs> so what the cop did is he didn't just like pull him over or anything else like that he followed him all the way home to his uh, residency and when the cop got out of his car and went to go inside of his house, he saw the dude take a hair dryer and try to melt off the sail tag that was oh, on wow. the bike. So, long story short, <laughs> the dude, the dude fucking tried to get away with a bike, did not realize the cop had hightailed him all the way home. He got caught red-handed trying to peel off the sticker, so uh, he was trying to get out rid of the evidence, but he could not get rid of the evidence because he was dumb as shit. And uh, yeah. basically, by the end of the day, we got our bike back, and we repriced it. It's on the sale floor again. But uh, So the moral of the story right here is, one, if you're going to steal from a place, you better not be a regular fucking shopper because, one, <laughs> they're going to be recognized almost immediately. Two, if you do steal a bike, for God's sakes, do not go forth and freaking, like, ride in front of cop cars on the damn thing. <laughs> or just ride it in general, just put it in a car, then take it home? Maybe I know, I know, I know. I just, I just can't believe the fact that this dude, this robber, this thief, 
pretty much goes forth. He doesn't realize that there's a cop following him all the way to his house and basically gets busted. <laughs> well, well, to try to, like, uh, peel off a fucking Goodwill sticker. I mean, uh, you can't write this type of stuff. That's something you hear about and read about online, you know, or watch it on a movie or watch it on YouTube or whatsoever. But no, this is real life. Any other place, any other city and stuff, this thing probably would not have been, like, not have happened, like, as readily or something like that. No, but this story was, like, it just aligned itself just right to where it's, like, this man is a special kind of stupid. <laughs> yeah. So, obviously, they arrested the dude, and they, obviously, the store is going to be pressing charges because, well, it's theft. Yeah. And it was quite substantially a large-priced item, so, yeah, that's basically he should, how my Friday went. <laughs> he should be arrested for stupidity. That should be like a misdemeanor. Like a fourth-degree well, misdemeanor or something. Well, yeah, fourth-degree misdemeanor, but quintessentially he was arrested for his own stupidity, so hell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, how has your week been, Tyler? Uh, it's all right. You know, uh, it's calm before the storm right now. Uh, in uh, gaming and in uh, professionally. So, yeah. you know, talk about on the show previously over the course of the podcast uh fall winter early spring are super busy at work and then also preparing uh, my body for the uh avalanche of games that we're about to um have fall upon us uh so doing okay knocking out some uh stuff that's on my backlog uh not too exciting justin can't be here tonight we're actually recording this on a friday night uh Justin's having a, we talked about last week, he moved housewarming party on Saturday night. Uh, so I'm going to that. That's why we're not recording on our normal night. And uh, yeah, it's kind of weird. I don't worry, my, my days are all screwed up. Plus we're, we had shut down today. So uh, I keep thinking today's Saturday, but it's actually Friday. So it's kind of nice. You know, <laughs> when you realize you still got a whole another day off that you, you keep forgetting you had. I so. know, that sounds awesome. Yeah, yeah, gonna enjoy the time off while I can, cause after here, after here for a little bit, ain't gonna have any for a while. But yeah, I'm doing all right. Nothing too crazy going. Oh, actually, this is pretty exciting shit. Um, I, I I talked, I told you a little about on the on before the show, but Oktoberfest beer, back baby. So excited. People have been posting online. They've been drinking Samuel Adams Oktoberfest. Usually it sprinkles out. Um, and like sometimes you might see it mid to late July. Like a cheaper get like a the, like a low end gas station, you get lucky and find it, pay a couple bucks more, but that's fine. I'm Jones and for it, you know. I've been like <laughs> like a heroin junkie. Just come on, don't I just I just need just need a taste, like a little taste, you know. And I've just been waiting. And uh, they didn't have Samuel Adams. Samuel Adams is my personal favorite out of all of them. I've tried multiple dozens different of uh, different kinds of Oktoberfest. I think I've liked them all, um, but uh, I got the who did I get here? Oh, Sierra of Nevada. It's okay. It's nothing, nothing amazing. Uh, I bought three of them because I got really, really excited. Um, so three six packs. So I'll be drinking that for a little bit, and then hopefully uh, next week, Sam Adams when I go grocery shopping, he'll be there. Because uh, yeah, and then also, this kind of cool shit. Uh, when I was like a teenager and early twenties, ninety percent of my wardrobe was uh, Green Bay Packer and Iowa Hawkeye. Uh, yeah. clothing like i had stocking caps hats hoodies coats jackets uh 
gym shorts, t-shirts, sweaters, whatever. Like, I, I wore one of those, one of those two teams shirts almost every day. And then four or five years ago, I uh, I put a bunch of weight on. I didn't have, I didn't have a, it was more than that. It was like six, seven years ago actually. I put a bunch of weight on. Wasn't working for a while. And then I got a call center job, so all my clothes didn't fit anymore. So then I yeah. just started buying like cheap shit, and then I threw all that shit away. And then I lost the weight, and then but I already threw the shit away, so I lost all that clothes. So now I've been slowly uh, building up. Not slowly, actually. I spent a bunch of money last weekend and uh, bought a bunch of fucking uh, Green Bay Packer and uh, Iowa Hawkeye shit now. There so, you go. Yeah, and I'll have three of each. So we're getting there. So I mentioned a oh, few yeah. weeks ago when I got my Extra Life shirt. Like I had like 20 shirts. Like quarter of them were uh, Extra Life shirts. A quarter of them, quarter of them were um, uh, wrestling shirts. And then like the other half were pretty much all like gaming related or nerd culture related shit pretty much actually all my shirts are nerd, nerd culture shit so that's awesome i'm now expanding my horizon i'm 28 and I'm, I'm expanding my horizon all right i got i got one polo shirt that i got from work for free okay. uh that's that, that's something we're getting there and then i got i got a button-up shirt i'm pretty sure it might still fit i don't know it's been sitting there for a while and then i got now i got a bunch of uh um uh football and uh, shirts you know i'm growing up man i'm getting old you know <laughs> gotta be a little more civil you know Got a little more business-like you know i'm a businessman now you know uh so man gonna wear your yeah. tux to work one of these days <laughs> yeah yeah i'm gonna wear my tux yeah yeah i'm gonna wear actual like full tux to work with like the like 12 foot long tail pretty awesome. <laughs> i mean that's all gonna go out the window though because i'm getting my talking ship t-shirt and hoodie and hat here in a couple weeks so there you go uh, yeah <laughs> you know you want you know Take two steps forward, one step back, but you still got to step forward in there. So we're getting there, you know. One of these days, I'll have a um, almost adult-like uh, clothing collection. I just got to stop buying Walmart pants, but they're so cheap, you know. They're so cheap, like fifteen bucks. Fuck. Man, Fuck. I hardly ever buy my pants from Walmart. That's all. I the thing is, I wear we have we wear uniforms at work, yeah. and nine percent of the time I'm wearing my uniform, and then like when I'm home, I just wear like jogging pants or gym shorts or something and then yeah i wear my pants here and there when i go out but i don't really go out a whole lot you know go out here a little bit you know do my normal shopping shit or run somewhere go over buddies for a little bit but i don't really i really don't i I wear like i can all i do is i put my pair of pants on my t-shirt on wear it to work i change i drive it home i wear the same fucking outfit every day for the the entire week so i wear it for like 20 minutes fuck that i ain't wearing a different wardrobe every day fuck that shit i don't know why we're talking about clothes so much uh, well, I, I brought it up. I know why, but I don't know why we're still talking, why I'm still talking about it. I'm sorry about <laughs> that. We got on a weird thing there about clothing. It's never, I promise it'll never happen again for at least a week or two. Um, fashion with Tyler, the fashion files with Tyler and Gables. Um, so yeah, don't, don't, if you want to know what not to do people, uh, when you get older, uh, about fashion, don't, don't do what I do. Get grown up shit. You know, I don't know. I like my I like my stupid shit, but every now and then you gotta look civilized. When you go out, when I go out to the bars and I wear my I, my my Bailey wrestling I'm a hugger T-shirt, you know, I like it, but it's kind of weird, you know, like everybody else walking around fucking all dressed up, looking dressed to the nines, and I'm walking around in a big purple and yellow shirt, looking like Barney's turd, you know, and. <laughs> Saying, I'm like a hugger. Barney's turn. Bar- Barney's turn. It's like girls yeah. looking at us like, oh man, I don't want to hug that dude. He looks weird. Hey, oddly enough, I, I've worn it downtown a few times, and I've gotten several hugs. Really? All of them dudes. All of them dudes. Unfortunately, 
Uh, but <laughs> good hugs. You're getting so, the opposite type of reaction that you yeah. intended. Yeah, not the not not the reaction I wanted from from the audience I wanted, but I'll take it. I'm a big fan of hugs. That's why I wear a T-shirt like, out in the public that says I'm a hugger. So that's so fucking funny. It's like all of a sudden it's like it's like that's not that's, they're not even good looking dudes are they? They're like a bunch of old sweaty dudes, man. It's fucking weird. Yeah, yeah, really weird. Why is that fat redhead guy wearing a big purple shirt saying I'm a hugger? I don't know. <laughs> this this is my life, guys. <sighs> you know, fucking. We're, we're all on the brink of nuclear war. Shit's going on. Fucking, fuck it. I'm just going to wear my, my hugger shirt everywhere I go. I'm going to work to work. Fuck it. I don't give a shit. What are we going to do? Nuke them? I don't know. Well, anyways, whatever. Yeah. Oktoberfest is back. I'm growing up um, somewhat from uh, from a fashion standpoint. But next week, I'm going to do my little turn on the catwalk. <laughs> Pretty sweet on the catwalk. Yeah, on, on the catwalk. Uh, hopefully, people get that reference. Uh, but anyways... <laughs> This is a, uh, sorry, this is a video game show, not a uh, fashion show. Although maybe it should be. Maybe we should Maybe we should put the show on E. I don't know. Kardashians aren't as popular as they used to be. They need to start filming content. They're going to do, do so many Kardashian spinoffs. Eventually they're going to need new shit, so uh, we can fill in. Um, if anybody's listening, uh, we are interested. And I imagine Total Divas and all that shit's got to go away too here soon. So anyways, yeah, check us out, E. Uh, yep. we'll, let us know. We'll talk. Uh, anyways, video games. Uh, let's do that shit. Uh, actually, we're going to jump into the news, because there's, there's a decent amount of news. I want to kind of run through some of this stuff first. Uh, sure thing. I want to knock, knock... Some of the stuff we can knock out really fast, and there's really too much to say about it. Uh, first off, I want to talk about... Uh, this came out last week. Uh, NBA Live, 18. Their EA is doing, like, their... I don't even know how many times, fourth reboot of this series. Um, yeah. Yeah, 2K has been eating their lunch for... 14, 15 years now, um, and they, they've gone away for a couple years, came back, and the game has been bad or completely broken. There was one year where the game, uh, the, the um, publishers, or not publishers, uh, like IGN, Games, GameSpot, all those people actually had review codes and had reviews written for this game, and like three or four days for the game, it was like, I think it was, I want to say NBA Live 14, um, three or four days for the game was to come out, they canceled the game. So, yeah. Uh, then there was gonna be, there's they had like a re, they renamed it to something else a couple years ago, and then that just never happened. Uh, so I think NBA Live 17 got delayed, and now NBA Live 18 is here. Uh, it's coming out. I want to say to September 21st, and I believe NBA 2K 18 is coming out on the 25th. So they got a few day. They're coming out a few days before 2K. So smart move. Um, another smart move. I think they're doing is if you pre-order the game, I believe I think believe it's only digital only though. If you pre-order it on like PSN, Steam, Xbox, whatever, um, the game was normally sixty bucks. But if you pre-order it, you can get it for forty dollars. Yeah. Uh, another big thing they're doing is they're doing the WNBA. They actually got all the WNBA teams in there, and you can do all, so you can play as all the, the women. You can play as for I think the first time ever. That's gonna be a thing. They had a college women's basketball, women's college basketball. Uh, back yeah. in the day on PlayStation, but this is the first time we've seen professional women in uh, a video game before. So yeah, that's a big thing they're doing. Uh, I think that's super smart. Uh, they're doing a thing that what 2K did back in the day on like the PS2 days, where uh, when they were when the 2K was kind of the new up and coming thing because NBA Live has been around for over 20 years. Uh, I want to say early 90s. Uh, 2K came out. Their NBA Live was coming out for I think it was I think games were 50 bucks back then. Uh, 
2K would bring their games out for $20. All their football yep. games, all the college basketball, and the NBA games. And they were kind of like, they were already better games, but they had an established audience. They came out, undercut them by more, by more than uh, half of the price they cut it. And slowly took over, and NBA Live kind of got worse and worse because uh, they tried to adapt and change. They just made the game worse, and 2K just got better. And they've kind of stagnated a little bit. I, I know the story mode stuff is really cool. Um, people think it's really cool. I don't really care for it too much, but people like it. Uh, but yeah, I think if you're going to bring the game back, it's kind of humbling, I think. Um, from And it's kind of crazy to see from EA, of all people, kind of being humbled. You don't really see that. Like, you look at, like, with two, with NFL 2K, uh, people, I always like Madden more, but a lot of people like NFL 2K more uh, to kind of counteract that. They just bought the rights to NFL for video games and... <laughs> took them out of the market um so yeah i think it's I, I think it's a smart move uh i'm hoping the game game is good there's a demo out there i haven't really heard anybody talk about the demo but uh i might check it out because i do like basketball games um the 2k formula i've kind of got tired tired of them after a little while but they're still good basketball games but i kind of want to see what nba live's got bring to the table uh what about you oh uh, let's see to be perfectly honest with you, I really don't have too much confidence with NBA Live. I mean, I agree though. There's some good moves right there. Under, you know, just basically undercutting 2K by lowering down the price, and all of a sudden, like going through adding inclusion of w, WNBA character like players and stuff like that to the is definitely a smart idea. To be perfectly honest, though, I really don't have too much interest in it. <laughs> yeah, because I- the, the franchise itself is not established itself is constantly being rebooted and i really don't have any confidence this game's gonna perform that good yeah i i yeah am i gonna buy any of these games day one no but i always like usually pick them up i think this is the first time in a long time i didn't buy an actual 2k game uh usually i would buy right. it like around the finals time they'd have a sale for it and like that's when you're like basketball is the biggest and you're like everybody's jones for more basketball so i always usually buy it around that time and i didn't this year um so, uh, I'm curious to see how it does. I, I hope it does well because, you know, competition is good. Um, I still like Madden a lot. They've done, a, I think, a lot of making the game better. But that's just me. It's hard to bring in new fans, especially when they have that stigma there. It's the same thing every year. So, if this brings competition to 2K, um, that's good. Uh, I wouldn't mind it if there was a way that there was a new NFL game out there, a new football game, big AAA football game came out there. and Just, uh, just kind of battled and create and you know it just it helps the genre not be stagnant so i'm hoping maybe they'll do the same thing with uh well the same thing we did in the early 2000s and mid 2000s with we did live in 2k so maybe we can renew that rivalry so that'd be good um next up not really a lot to say on this one uh horizon zero dawn uh they announced the dlc coming out later this year um called frozen wilds uh they actually have a date for it now it's come out november 7th so the same day, actually, as Xbox One X comes out. But uh, it's going to be... It's 15 bucks if you buy it now. It's not standalone, unfortunately. You can uh, you can pre-order it and buy it. It's been not actually been able to pre-order it since E3. But uh, if you pre-order it, it's 15 bucks. Um, buy it afterwards, it's 20 bucks. Unfortunately, I was hoping it was standalone because it's actually a whole different section. It's not in, this is the area that you're going to play in that was not inside the game, uh, the, the main uh, original game. Uh, I don't. I think it takes place after the story. The uh, story. Uh, I don't think they've fully said when the when it comes when it takes place in the timeline. But um, I think there was rumors that it was after the initial game. So um, not really add to that. 
just want to mention that out there. I'm excited for it. We've actually already, I've had a pre-order for a while now. It's been waiting for them to announce a date, so that should be fun. Uh, pretty excited about that. I'm happy to be I'm more than happy to go back into that world uh, and check out uh, more Horizon uh, and uh, uh, Aloy. So that should be fun. Um, moving on, um, other big news: uh, Amazon Prime. I don't know if you've seen this, Gables. Uh, but they have announced a change in their video game discount. They did a change actually a few weeks or maybe a month or two ago when they announced that no longer are like uh, the big collector edition bundles are going to be up for uh, um, the 20% off discount like they've always had. I believe Amiibo and Toys for Life stuff is no longer discounted. Um, they've also now said, um, I, don't, I don't know if this starts started immediately or it's coming here soon, um, but they're now taking away the option where you could uh so with amazon prime if you pre-ordered if you bought a video game up to two weeks after it came out you got 20 percent off they have now changed it so the only way you get the 20 percent off is by pre-ordering the game so if oh, you that's pretty cool if you, well that no they've actually it's, it's kind of shitty because they took away it used to be up to two weeks after you get the 20 percent. oh off. i see so if a game oh, came out man. today and you heard good reviews like oh i want to get that you have two weeks to buy that game now you go and get that discount if you pre-order it. So once the once the game is out, the game come out today. That pre-order, that discount, pre-order discount, or the discount in general is just gone. So, uh, kind of sucks. Oh, um, that's really sucks. Shitty. <laughs> yeah, because um, especially because a lot of people, that was the big thing. Was like it kind of helped with the only you know about pre-ordering game, especially um, back in the day. I used to I used to do the um, before Amazon changed it years ago where i pre-ordered every all my games from amazon because they if you pre-ordered it you got it from you got 99 cent shipping and you got it on the, the day of release and they got rid of that and then amazon prime added the free two-day shipping or you can get you two-day shipping you get you can still get the game on release date most of the time every now and again maybe you get a day late um so another strike against it um this is where i want to bring in uh I, I a few months ago troy actually on the show talked me into it in the uh, best buy gamer club is what i think it's called um yeah it's thirty bucks for two years gets you that twenty percent off, and it's it's twenty percent off every video game ever uh, that's out there. You can I could buy a game that came out two years ago and get a twenty percent off discount for it still. Uh, Amiibo or Amiibo Toys for Life stuff twenty percent off. Uh, you have point system, which Amazon, as far as I know, I think they have a point system with the credit cards, but they have a point system with Best Buy. Even if you don't have a credit card, I do, but so you get more points, which is kind of nice. Um, but you get points, so like pretty much every time I buy a game. It gives me enough points to basically get a five dollar coupon. So like right, right. now I'm up to like forty dollars off. So when I, when I buy a, when I pre-order um, uh, Mario and Rabbids, I'm gonna get the game for basically twenty bucks. Plus my wow. actually cheaper because I get twenty percent off. So you're talking now eight bucks. So hmm. and you get free two day shipping. All right, you get the game. You know, if you pre-order a game, then you get it on release date every time. So far as work for me. Um, I understand Amazon's better as far as like it has everything. Best Buy doesn't have everything; it's all electronic stuff. Uh, but if you're looking at this from just from a gamer standpoint, it's cheaper, thirty bucks for two years. Where Amazon Prime is twelve dollars a month or a hundred dollars a year. Uh, it kind of sucks. They've been they they gave us this really cool program. I want to say, I think it was early 2016, and all they've been doing this year is taking is incrementally taking things away from us away from us. Uh, yep. There's still more benefits from it. I think um, Amazon Prime, you know, compared to Gamer Club, as far as like the, you got the video stuff, which is really cool to have. 
uh, the Netflix stuff in there. Plus, you get two day free two day shipping on everything. So, I mean, I understand the argument for that, but for me, um, the only reason I use would use Prime personally uh, is just for the for the video game discounts, which obviously I don't use now. But uh, it just kind of sucks that they're taking away from that. Uh, that was a big, huge deal uh, last year, and it, you know, sucks they've been slowly but surely taking things away from that program. Um, but just want to throw it out there. Uh, I, I want. I, I honestly wonder if this is something they've planned for a while. It's like let's get everybody in there now, and then see how this works out, and then we could like slowly start taking shit out of here. But we've already got them hooked. They already like it. Uh, if you sign up for a year, kind of you know you're stuck there for a little while longer, depending on when you signed up for it. So I do the monthly thing, but hundred bucks for a whole at one point hurts a little bit, you know. That twelve dollars a month is a little easier for me. Uh, oh yeah. Do you use any of the any of the Amazon Prime or the uh, Best Buy? Not really. I just basically go upon what's uh, for sale on a particular retailer. Mm-hmm. For example, if I want to go onto a place like say Amazon.com, if I find something on sale, I'm gonna buy it. Yeah. I don't generally go through and uh, buy a lot of new games every month. I mean, I do get a couple here or there. It all depends upon whether or not they're like. Uh, appealing enough you know in terms of price like maybe a 20 dollar game maybe like maybe a 10 dollar game maybe another month would be a full 60 dollar game but uh it i just really don't like the idea of like going through and like doing a subscription things to get certain like discounts for a particular store and that's because of uh there are so many different options to buy games and there's so many different types of sales that i could potentially go to multiple different things like multiple different places to shop and get a game lower than say the competition if say i was to sign on to their subscription little base thing and then get like certain discounts so yeah Uh, to me it's it's worth it just from the standpoint like best buy gamers club 30 bucks for two years if you buy two games a year um that's 24 about 24 25 bucks you're saving that's because usually rounds up to about 48 dollars um, uh, you know, for the purchase, so you're saving twelve bucks a game, and then you're not paying taxes, so that's another three, four bucks you're saving. Plus, you're getting it on release date shipped to your house. So, um, you buy two games every year, uh, or you buy two games in two years, you made your money back. Plus, you're earning points yeah. to get more to get coupons up. You know, you don't have to use it on just video games. You can buy other things with it, um, which is really cool. So, I mean, I buy. You know, obviously, people have been listening to this for a while. They know I buy a lot of games. Uh, too many games. Uh, your Gable's a lot smarter of a shopper than me. He usually waits, picks and picks and chooses his games a lot more wisely than I do. Uh, I, you know, I, I've been, I've definitely this year especially, have bought a lot of bad games uh, or games I just didn't <laughs> like. So you know, you win some, you lose some. More times than not, it's worked out. My favorite pre-ordering things like that or buying in the hype. Uh, so you know, comes with the, comes with the territory. But you know, with Best Buy, like I said, Best Buy Gamer Club. Uh, that discount is there forever. And so if you want to wait for reviews, you want to wait a week or two or wait to get paid, um, that, that discount's going to be there. So I didn't want to turn this into like a Best Buy versus Amazon thing, but I kind of did. Uh, <laughs> kind of free advertising, I guess, for Best Buy. But uh, I think it's awesome. I'm very happy with it. Uh, I, I rarely, really ever go to buy games from GameStop much anymore. That used to be my go-to place. Uh, I usually just, if I do buy a game there, it's because I trade a shit in, but, uh, yep. yeah, I think it's awesome. I'm really happy with it. And, uh, if you're, if you're kind of bummed about it and you you know, you're looking for a different, um, place to go, that's a place to go. Um, 
Next up, this one seems kind of exciting. I personally never got to play this game. Uh, it's a game I wanted to play a lot back in the days. I never, never really no excuse for it. Um, but Okami, uh, there is a rumor. Uh, Kotaku UK put like a, it's in system somewhere, it's, uh, showing a physical release or physical copies um, for uh, PS4 and Xbox One. Uh, it hasn't, hasn't officially been announced, but uh, there are rumors now that's coming sometime later this year to those consoles. Uh, this is a game I believe came out initially on PS2, yes. and then got a HD remake for PS3, and then also was uh, re- remade for the uh, Wii back in mm-hmm. the day as well. So yes. I had several chances to play it, just never got around to playing it, but I heard nothing but great things about that game. Uh, so I hope this is true because it's you know it's one of those games that from the last couple generations that I missed out on that I wish I wouldn't have missed out on. So hoping this is the case because I would love to check that game out. Well, I have played a little bit of Okami. I have never finished the game, but I have played enough to form that the game is fantastic looking. It, it does have gameplay similar to The Legend of Zelda in terms of, like, say, exploring different types of terrain, some temple things here and there. But the main focus is to try to collect, I think, little souls of, like, essence or something like that to combat this huge, like, spiritual monster. It it's kind of foggy, considering I haven't played the game in years, but I remember Okami being a big thing by uh, then Clover Studios and stuff, because it was uh, a pretty much a, a collaboration effort that, that was pretty much considered one of their best work for that studio. And that's saying something in uh, response, because they had just made games, I said, like Beautiful Joe and like some other types of games in that uh, company's history. But... I remember the re-release on the Wii a lot more because you could use the pointer and just, you know, just control, like, I think her name was, like, like Amaterasu or something like that, or, yeah, I think maybe. But, uh, anyway, I remember the Wii game kind of getting a little bit of controversy because the Capcom had used the watermarking from IGN at the time in order to, (laughs) and they shipped the watermarked uh, trademark IGN logo on their product. (laughs) And they sold it in retail stores, and that sort of, like, uh, they had to recall a lot of the games because of that watermark. <laughs> but in, in like, uh, well, you know what? In the news of these remasters, I think that does hold quite a bit of validity for, say, having that type of remaster thing for the PS4 and the Xbox One, only because not only is it, it a fun idea to go and play around with, say, a game like Okami potentially in, inside of a fluid 60 frames per second in like for maybe full 1080p or in 4K or whatever that would look absolutely fantastic in my personal opinion but i really would like to know if this game would be a switch title as well and uh, not what the fuck capcom yeah uh so <laughs> far there is nothing uh there's no nothing in there about switch so yeah not not you know, obviously, this game hasn't officially been announced yet, but uh, so far the listings are only showing PS4 and Xbox One. So nothing for Switch as of yet. Well, yeah, that's, the, that's just the thing, though. It's like That's not too surprising, even though Capcom has uh, had one of the more successful game releases like on the Switch in forms of like Ultra Street Fighter 2, mm-hmm. which I know the company yeah. has went on and said that because of the success of uh, Ultra Street Fighter 2, that uh, they are potentially putting out like maybe more older game like maybe remasters or whatever the heck on yeah. the switch in the future so 
maybe Okami's one of them, maybe not, but it sure would be a nice... It would certainly be a nice thing in order to play Okami on the go. I mean, that would be excellent. Yeah, especially for a game that's about a decade old. Uh, yeah. If anything, I, bet, I wouldn't be surprised if they just... No, I guess you couldn't do it with the Wii one. Uh, maybe you could do it with the Wii one. I don't know. Mm. Most controls, maybe you can do it. I don't know. I hope they wouldn't do that. They just, <laughs> you know, give you let you do it like like you did on PS2 or PS3. Um, but yeah, I think that's cool. It's a game I definitely want to check out. I hope that's real. Um, but moving on. Uh, a couple, these are like the real big, big things. Uh, well, this is the one big, real big thing. Uh, is Crackdown Three, the biggest game for Xbox uh, this this uh, season, holiday season? Uh, it's supposed to come out November seventh with the Xbox One X. Uh, they've been pumping that up. Uh, has been delayed till uh, spring two thousand eighteen. Uh, wow. Yeah. Uh, so wow. they had a pr- yeah. So they had a, pr- a press release out. I'm just going to kind of run through it real quick. So, uh, so we're very excited about Crackdown 3, and so are many friends. And it's a difficult call to move the release date. Um, this is uh, Loftus. He sent an email to Polygon. Uh, however, we want to make sure to deliver the right game with the right quality at the right time. Crackdown 3 is a hugely ambitious game, and we want to ensure we deliver the right experiences all the way through every part of the game, whether that's campaign, co-op, multiplayer, or, or our competitive multiplayer mode, Wrecking Zone. Getting the balance right between the three modes is important, and we are going to take the extra development time to ensure that. Gamers can expect Crackdown 3 in spring of 2018. Uh, this game so was I'm actually... Not... Oh, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry, Tyler. Let me finish... Let you finish... I'm going to let you finish what you're saying before okay. I chime in with my question I had. I just want to point out a couple things. Um, it was This game was announced in E3 2014. Uh, yes. It was. They went away for a couple of years, then they popped up again... I think uh, around this time in 2016, so it was coming out in uh, uh, the, the holiday season of 2016. Uh, then we didn't hear anything about it for a while. Uh, they've been, then they kind of came out again um, at E3. Didn't have a lot of gameplay, and that's something I talked about at the time. No real gameplay. Uh, we had like a three-minute little teaser, but it was mostly uh, Terry Crews, who I love very much. Brooklyn Nine-Nine, one of my favorite shows, and he's in it. Um, kind of hyping up the game. Uh, so I guess I'm not too surprised it got it's got delayed, but still uh, kind of throw your hands up like what the fuck's going on? Go ahead, Gables. My question to you, Tyler, is where does this leave us for first party content releasing by the end of this year for the Xbox One? All right, so I I thought about that. That's actually I, I wrote. Uh, so what they have right now is I for I think it's Forza Horizon this year. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it's, is it seven? I think it's seven. Um, it's Forza Motorsports Seven, I think it is. Yeah, and then they have Cuphead. Okay. I think those both come out. I think uh, September 29th for Cuphead. I want to say, and I think uh, the week after for Forza, and then Super Lucky Tale, which comes out. It was it was the other. I guess I don't want to say big game, but it was the other console exclusive they had. That platformer game that's basically a a re-release of a VR game that is charged full price. Actually. it came out. It was thirty bucks. So the listing they initially had said sixty, but then it was updated to yeah. thirty bucks. So that was oh, wrong. Okay, but good. still, at least that's a smart. Uh, that game was barely even talked about, and people that played it didn't have nice things to say about I, it. I even um, forgot the damn thing even existed before you mentioned it. Yeah, and then I actually did until I looked up the the um, exclusives for this year for Xbox One, and also the the big one. I mean, this could potentially be a big game changer. Is uh, PUBG uh, player unknown battleground. It's coming to the, the uh, early access. Uh, 
sometime it's supposed to be sometime this year in november december um that thing's that it just that thing's almost eight million copies sold just a juggernaut uh so who knows what that thing's gonna be in four months but three four months but that's what happened but those that's pretty much it and i actually had some more things i want to talk about i don't really want to pile on but that's kind of what i'm doing but i just want to mm-hmm. like i don't know what i don't know what else to say about it you know so sony is 2017 so far uh near neo horizon uncharted comes out next week getting really good reviews hellblade great reviews not not super successful but getting great reviews uh and then oh with the resident Evil 7 with the psvr support and then all the P, like a lot of psvr games so that's that's big for for uh, playstation 4 so far this year for xbox we've had um uh they canceled uh scalebound uh lionhead yep. got closed halo yep. 2 halo wars 2 came out and sold around 300,000 copies uh a game with halo in the title sold only a few hundred thousand copies i think Bayonetta even... 2 sold sold more copies on the wii u when it had eight or nine million systems out there in the market and the yeah. xbox has around 30 million um so that's that's big and then yeah, like i said forza horizon or forza 7 and cuphead are the you know the big two they're pushing and then i imagine we'll get a big push for PUBG when that comes out when that gets a, a release date so yeah that's xbox and ps4's um 2017 so far so i don't so, i don't know man it's like in the grand scheme of things the rest of 2017 for the xbox one and even though the release of like the xbox one x and stuff the games that are available that are supposed to be system sellers for this new xbox one x it's like it's below average it's not bad. I mean, you've still got games that will support specific people who are big fans of, say, Forza Motorsports and, like, the whole thing about player, like, player-unknown battleground and stuff like that. That's going mm-hmm. to be a huge thing for gamers come uh, November, December, when that, when that what was it, like a beta, you said? Uh, early Access. This Early Access game finally comes on around that time and stuff. That's going to be a huge boost, but... At the same point, it is seriously disappointing if I'm a big Xbox One like gamer in and of itself because Crackdown 3 probably would have been my number one game I was looking forward to. Not only has it been announced since 2014, but at E3, for God's sakes, we didn't even know that game was going to be going through another delay of that magnitude. I mean, we fully thought that the game was going to be releasing by the end of 2017... And that we would be able to play it, do this, do that, and stuff like that. But, yeah, I'm very disappointed by this news because I'm very disappointed for the fan base right now for Crackdown 3. Because they wanted this game in its entirety by the end of this year. They got away a little longer because of polishing reasons. And that is, in my honest opinion, a big blow to a potential like good holiday sales thing for Microsoft during the later part of this year. So like you said, like in comparison to what Sony has had so far in terms of like first party content, I mean there there is absolutely no really big competition, like no really big comparison and stuff like that. I mean it has been pretty good in terms of what games that we have gotten exclusive wise, like quality exclusive things that have released this year, bar like a couple of like bad like almost early access style of games that do even mm-hmm. like freaking steam greenlight wouldn't even greenlit but <laughs> yeah 
Oh, boy. But I, I got to admit, though, I mean, I could see maybe see little hints from the E3 trailer that some things should have could have been, like, uh, maybe spruced up a bit. I mean, I think I've had that complaint when after we looked through that E3 trailer and stuff like that, that uh, some things kind of did not look exactly, like, uh, much different than some of the other crackdowns. Or even from, like, Saints Row the Third, you know, when we yeah. were going through and collecting, like, or not even that, just like Saints Row in general were, or even earlier Crackdown games where you're just collecting certain things, getting certain items and stuff. It just did not have that grandiose type of thing that they were advertising for that game. I mean, <laughs> that's pretty much how I saw it, though. But Yeah, I mean, I'm not a Crackdown fan. I played a little bit back in the day when it first came out, when I had 360, just like everybody else. Uh, well, not like everybody. Everybody bought it to play Halo 3 beta, but I bought it because there was nothing to play on the damn thing. Um, so, not a big fan of it. I know people have been jonesing for another one since uh, 2006, 2007, when Crackdown came out. Crackdown 2 came out, but yeah. I don't like that game. Uh, they fucked that game up badly. Um, but, yeah, I just... I don't want to rag on Xbox because uh, it's still... I mean, it it's bad for Xbox but it's still selling extremely well um, yep. for you know for a video game console. It's still outsold the GameCube. Uh, you know that's pretty good. Sixty four is outsold that. Uh, it's not the worst. I think it's actually outsold the original Xbox. Um, it's not gonna you know it's not it's not saying the world on fire. It's just that PlayStation Four is off to this uh, on not off to this. They're still on this crazy ride where it's just they they're just they, you you think. They would just they can just coast. You usually see when a when a console gets this big of a lead, they just kind of like take the foot off the gas a little bit, and they haven't done that. We're in year four of this, and they're still banging out uh, big first party games. Um, yep. It seems like almost every month. You know, everybody talks about Nintendo's killing it this year with a lot of their uh, first party franchises. Fucking Sony's doing the same thing. I just knock. I just named all those games off. Uh, you, it's crazy to think that you know in a year when Zelda and Mario are coming out, you say Nintendo probably won, the, like um, Mar- Nintendo won the year easily. You got a new console and you got Zelda and Mario coming out. Um, but you can argue that um, I don't know if I would swing that way. But there's an argument made there that um, the PS4 is having just as good a year, uh, if not better, than uh, than Nintendo's having. Um, but yeah, I just it's just. It's a bummer because you know, I was I was the 360. I went 360 last generation, and it was easy being a 360 guy, and then having the uh, PS3 as your your side console that you play all the exclusives on. Because uh, Sony they had a rough start, uh, really rough start there, uh, but they were by the end of the, the last few years of that that generation they were killing it with uh, you know first party games like uh, Metal Gear, Flower, um, Journey, um, all three Uncharted games. Uh, did I say Metal Gear Solid 4 already? If I, I don't know if I did, but it deserves to be mentioned twice in oh, case I, I did. Gear, so. Well, it's getting mentioned twice because it's a goddamn great game. Uh, <laughs> and then, you know, Last of Us, obviously, maybe one of the, the best games of the last generation. Um, so, you know, they... It was it was easy having that as a second console, that generation. This generation, is like, the PS4 is my main console, but it's also the go-to for first parties. Uh, yep. Like, it sucks. Like, I bought my Xbox One last year, and... You know, like, I really like Quantum, uh, Quantum Break. Uh, it, was a, it was a really good game. Uh, unfortunately, it didn't set the world on fire. It got delayed a bunch of times. Kind of like, it's kind of the Crackdown 3 situation. 
um, when that game was supposed to come out earlier in the like damn near a launch title and have a TV show with it. TV show never came out, and then they just kind of put put this game together with the TV stuff they shot. Still did a really good job, but didn't set the world on fire. Gears of War Four um, was really successful. Um, it was one of the main reasons I bought my console uh, to play that game. But you look at it didn't really you know it didn't once again that didn't set the world on fire. It sold really well, but. I think the people that bought that game already had the console. Like those, that, then you got Halo Five didn't really do much. Only sold uh, four or five million copies. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure. Uh, well, I think I think it sold maybe was it seven or eight. I don't know. I can't remember. I know, but it sold. But it still it didn't sell super well. When you look at like Halo Three, sold like eleven million copies on day one. Uh, yep. So I mean, obviously, it, it feels like the Xbox um, hasn't grown up almost where. They are kind of like they they hit fucking jackpot in with the 360 with Gears of War and uh, you know and what well, Halo was before that but uh, they just they nailed they had all these great franchises right off the bat with Mass Effect that was initially supposed to be an Xbox exclusive um, yeah it they was were supposed to <laughs> yeah and it was for up until like I think after the PS4 the Mass Effect one didn't actually come to the um, PS3 until I think a few about the same time the new consoles came out so I mean they they. Knocked out of the park with a bunch of brand new franchises. The, the um, summer of arcade, they, that was a huge fucking thing. Limbo, Braid, uh, they were killing it, and it just seems like uh, it seems like they're having like the opposite momentum of what they've had with the 360. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I didn't expect them to have the same amount of success that they had with the 360, but it's awfully telling where we're at the what was it, the fourth year of this console's life. Yeah. And quite essentially, the games that they released is barely even like uh, differentiates itself from itself from the PS4, its biggest competitor. Because even as a subsidiary console, it's not that very appealing, in my honest opinion. Because there are very few exclusive titles I am excited to play on that system. Yeah, I would have been excited to play Scalebound. I would have been excited to play more, maybe of Crackdown Three, if it did not look the same as like certain other games that have released the past few years that were did something very similar, like, say, Saints Row 4, or even, like, the original, like, couple Crackdown games and stuff like that. It's that type of... It's just that type of shortage of first-party games that it's... I mean, the, it makes the Nintendo Switch much more appealing and a lot mm-hmm. more desirable, because I know, even if I have my Nintendo Switch as a subsidiary to my PlayStation 4, I get to play the game franchises that I want to play. I can play Zelda. I can play Mario. Eventually, I can play the mainline Pokemon games if I choose to. Whereas, I can play both first and third party on my PS4 with Uncharted, with this, with that, and stuff. The main focus and my main reasoning behind it is those are the games. Those games are recognizable and that drive me to want to play that system. When I look at the Xbox One, and when I did have my Xbox One S last year, I basically ignored almost the entirety of when I got that uh, PS4 in the mail from you, Tyler. Why? It's because I got back to playing the franchises that uh, I would get back into, and that excited me to the extent where I looked at the Xbox One S, and it was like literally almost nothing that I was lasting my interest. And then looking into the far off future where I see a year like this where there's maybe like maybe two or three games I want to play on that system all year, it did not make any sense. Yeah. I got rid of it. 
I got rid of the games. I got rid of stuff. I still have my profiles. Still, I can go back if I choose to. But the main point is, this is Sony's. Not this. <laughs> no, it's not Sony's. This is pure less on Microsoft for not establishing much more creative first-party exclusives to keep more gamers around. Because even though they've sold that many consoles and have been successful of selling the hardware, the software has suffered quite a bit because they do not have the exclusive power that they did when they were running with the 360. Huh. Yeah. I mean, you look at they lost Call of Duty. That's a big yes. killer. I mean, they they were the, the go-to for the social, like the, the whole, they created the social network of online video gaming. Yes, that they was did. them. Um, they lost it this generation. Yes. Yeah, they lost it this generation. They lost Call of Duty. Uh, I mean, it's not like they haven't been trying. They've been doing trying no, new things. It's just that it seems like everything they try to do, like they try to do a lot of things that Sony is doing. Like we, we bitched for the first yes. couple of years about the, the, the consoles because there was no big exclusives from Sony. There's a couple, but they're okay, and then blew us away. Um, but uh, there was no big first-party exclusives um, for that. And it took a couple of years, but now that, now everything they're – They've got them all out there now. A lot of them are out there now. And well, almost all of them have been bangers, you know? Well, let's look at the exclusive-wise right here that uh, the Microsoft has currently. Scalebound, they've had to cancel. Yep. Halo is a franchise pretty much has fatigue. Mm-hmm. Not only through the mainline games, but it's even more telling with Halo Wars 2, having barely sold 300,000 copies. I mean, come on. This is a franchise that potentially can sell millions if used correctly. And... I understand that it's a subsidiary, yeah. like a spinoff game for the original Halo Wars, which that was considered a cult classic on the 360. Yeah. But... Well, and when Halo yeah. came out, man, I remember when Halo 3 came out, that fucking was... And I wasn't even a big, I'm not even a Halo fan, and that was like a fucking holiday, you know? That was, was a good game. huge. Yeah, I mean, that, that they ran that franchise to the ground. They over... Yes, they, they did. Overdid that. I remember, I think they had like a stretch there where there was like eight Halo games in like seven years, you know? Um, That's very so, true. They didn't have I a mean, lot to go on, and they rode that that horse as long as they could until it. Not it's not dead, but it's definitely limping to the finish line at this point. Go ahead. But when you said like exclusive deals and stuff, yes, I agree with you. Yeah, they did lose the Call of Duty like DLC something like that. They did lose exclusivity for like say Mass Effect, which now looks like it could potentially be rebooted with how bad like Andromeda did. Yeah, I'm pretty sure <laughs> franchise uh, can be dead for a while. So yeah, it is. Should be. As it comes to like certain other content, you know, there's nothing like Valve that's going to be putting out these crazy games. I say Left for Dead. I mean, yeah. fuck, Left for Dead and Left for Dead Two were one of the major games that gamers went on to Xbox Live and played online. You know, because of how great that multiplayer was and how like, you know, how much of a thrill it was to play with up three other people cooperatively, like online, mm-hmm. trying to take out all these hordes of zombies, doing this and doing that, but. Yeah, it's just it's just sort of depressing in a bit because they've Microsoft's also lost out on deals to get like uh first you know, first on like exclusive content when it came to big old major games that have released this generation, like Destiny. Because yeah. Destiny, when that first came out, was heavily advertised for PlayStation Four. And the same thing is being done pretty much for Destiny two, even though they're coming out with a with uh the PC port soon and like with uh, other stuff for Xbox One, people in the public eye on this new IP that have sold millions now, 
they view it as a PlayStation game. Yeah. And that's a big blow. Hmm. But, yeah. yeah. And like I, like I was saying, like it's not like they haven't tried. I mean, they, they, they try to get a big exclusive into the division. That was supposed to be the next big thing for gaming. And it's it got good reviews. There's a player base for it. Uh, they get the thirty day. Um, they get the DLC thirty days before PlayStation does, but it didn't. You know, once again, didn't set the world on fire. You look at um, uh, Lionhead. They they kind of rode that horse just like yep. they did with um, before with Fable and all that shit. Yeah, and, and look what happened. And look what happened to like white like the Lionhead Studios right there. Yeah, there's no Peter Molyneux. The Fable franchise, as we know it, is pretty much dead at this point. Yeah, they killed and that too. They basically just <laughs> killed that entire franchise, but running it down after Fable three. So Fable 3 was a bad game. That was more Peter, Peter Molyneux. Maybe it's a good thing he was gone. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, Fable Legends didn't turn out to be anything. No one really cared about that. They tried doing a bunch of weird side Fable games that everybody even hated. With, yeah, even with a like, game like Fable 2 and stuff, many people consider that disappointing because of how long the main campaign was. Only like eight hours long or something. Unless yeah. you were doing side quests and you can actually get like maybe another 20 or so hours from it. Oh, I, I put an ungodly amount of time in that game. So, that, I only I, beat the main game. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, I I they, they, I had like 19 wives, 72 STDs, uh, but I had a badass dog though, so that was cool. Uh, <laughs> that's really all that matters to me. Um, but yeah, I mean, Fable Legends fell apart. Um, that game got canceled. You look at uh, other games, Recore. Uh, there's news about that coming out this week. Really good idea in you know in place. I talked about. I want to say. Early November, if you go back to our podcast, it was I think it was like an extra live show. I put yeah. a bunch, I played it a lot last year in extra life. I really liked the the core concept of that game, no pun intended. Um, but the game was not nowhere near done. It was a buggy mess. Uh, but the but the and then there was a lot of stupid bullshit with collecting cores that artificially extended the game and pissed a lot of people off. And on top of that, you know, the, the, like I said, the bugs and glitches and all that shit. But yep, and j- that game should have been great. I think personally, uh, but it came out unfinished, and if it came out today, maybe better off. Which is, you know, a story. There's this new story out there we can talk about next week, possibly, because uh, there's some rumors out there about uh, new recore or not new recore, but definitive edition of recore. But anyways, wow. um, Scalebound. Uh, we know about scale. We already talked about it. They've been putting they've been putting all their eggs in the wrong basket. That they've been doing yes across the board. Um, so the, what was the big what was the big um, launch game they had with the skateboarding uh, Sunset Overdrive? They had that Sunset was... Overdrive. That was supposed to be a major like uh, it was supposed to be a major launch window game that they released yeah. from uh, I like uh, Insomniac Games, from yeah, Head Prices Studio, yeah. And people... that basically, even though that was still a good game, it sold poorly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and, and you look, you know, Cuphead. That that game was shown off at the Xbox One uh, reveal, and it's now coming out. Hopefully, September 29th. And everything we've heard from people, it's not. There's a lot of concerns about that game. Um, yeah. So I'm buying it just because you know I've been waiting years to play it. So um, I'm, I am part of me still excited and hopeful for that game. Um, there's another game that was shown off at the Xbox One reveal. We haven't even heard about the game in a couple of years now. I can't remember what it's called. It's been so long since we've heard about it. But I remember when they first talked about it, fucking people were going crazy saying it was the next big indie game. Um, uh-huh. It's like a top-down game. I can't remember what it's called. Uh, Quantum Break, like what I talked about. It's supposed to be a supposed to come out in, I think, 2014. Uh came out. I really liked the game. Uh, reviews are overly positive for it. 
Um, once again, this is the world on fire. So yeah, I don't mean uh, we could, we can move on, but just it's just a bummer uh, that where Xbox is now, uh, considering where they were five years ago, four years ago, at this time, like uh, they they uh, they they could have done next to nothing uh, at the Xbox One reveal, you know, in 2013, and they would have they they would have took a really probably a really commanding lead early in the generation. Maybe Sony mm-hmm. would have made a, it. Would have been Sony probably would have made a big comeback with the with the, they had the first party titles they did. But who, maybe who knows? Maybe they wouldn't. They wouldn't have to. Maybe Sony would be pressing more and doing making totally different decisions um, if Xbox came out uh, and went out. You know, came out at the bat banging with the Xbox One. Where I mean that mm-hmm. E three 2013 where Xbox came out. They had the reveal and people hated it. Uh, a couple weeks earlier, it came out E three. Gave us more of the bullshit that we didn't want to hear, and it was like, "What the fuck are you doing?" And then Sony, all they do is just four hundred bucks. You guys can play your games, and you can share your games with your friends. You can buy them used, and they got a fucking people were chanting Sony and losing their goddamn mind because hey, we let you guys do the thing you've been doing for twenty fucking years. Who would have thought you guys like that? You know, we're not gonna take away your <laughs> shit. Uh, who knew? Uh, so yeah, I don't know. But there is one last question I will say okay. and stuff in regards to. Not only in regards to say like Crackdown Three, but just in just in regards to say like the Xbox One X in general and stuff, it's like it's like how well will Xbox One X do before the release of Crackdown Three? Because if people are going off and like selling their Xbox Ones and like just getting rid of a lot of their Xbox stuff in mass, which believe me, I've seen a lot. Of plenty, of like plenty of like Xbox consoles around my my uh, small area between like uh, some parts of this county, and I just cannot believe how many people have want, have gotten rid of like their Xbox Ones. I mean, yeah. I it can it's got to be more than just say Xbox One X and stuff. I think it is fully because of how much like how stagnant and how sort of lackluster it has been to hold appeal for main xbox fans other than backwards compatibility yeah um i mean they've been trying they've been doing a lot of, they've been saying a lot of the right things the last couple e3's have been good uh they've been just as good i think as sony's but unfortunately the games haven't been hitting like sony's has um yeah i don't know I, i'm curious i mean the ps4 pro isn't really doing anything tremendously i mean they're doing it's selling well it's not i like my pro i'm really happy with it i don't regret the decision right. of buying it um, but it's not, it's, it's not like a necessity to buy just as no. 4k TV, but he doesn't have any interest in buying a PS4 pro as far as I know. Um, I think there's a lot of people out there right now that don't have that interest in it. I mean, if you're buying a console, it probably makes sense to buy a pro. Um, yes. but I don't think people know when people are still buying Xboxes, but they're not, it's not selling anywhere near like the switches right now. Currently it's newer consoles. So it's not really fair argument. Um, right. no, anywhere near what the PS4 is doing still. So I don't think people that already own the con. I think uh, people that already own the console. I don't think are going to sell their 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 system unless maybe it's on the last legs to get the new one. Um, I don't think people are that don't have an Xbox One already. What's the reasoning to go get one now? You know, because uh, there's nothing coming out for it that's saying I need to go get this thing. I want to see what this thing can do other than Forza. But if you if you're a big Forza, if you're interested in Forza, you already you probably already own an Xbox. Um, to play Forza, and if you have a PS4, Grand Turismo 7, 
or six. I don't know which one it is anymore. Sports, Grand whatever Christmas it's called. Sport or something like that. There is yeah. literally like maybe 20 to possibly 30 different types of exclusive games that are actually quite decent on the PlayStation 4 that's available right now. Yeah, that's what I mean. So if you already have a PS4 Pro, I mean, the big game coming out this year for Xbox One is Forza. And like I said, there's five or six Forzas already on the console. So I don't know why now you'd buy a Forza or buy a console to play Forza. So there's no reason to buy one now. I mean, it could take a little bit. And you look at, I don't mean to look at PlayStation. Horizon was supposed to launch with the PS4 Pro. Got delayed. Um, and I mean, that doing well. Obviously, Horizon's a fantastic game. Probably going to be a lot of people's game of the year. Um, arguably could be one of mine. Um, so if Crackdown 3 turns out to be like that, um, then maybe we're in a different story. Uh, so I think it's going to be a while. I don't think I, I think it's going to sell okay because it's, it's a new thing. Um, but I don't think it's going to do what PS4 Pro is doing uh, until really we won't really have a be no way real way to tell until the uh, Crackdown 3 comes out or if something bigger comes out before that for the Xbox One exclusive wise. Um, so yeah, but let's uh, we're going along here. So let's jump into what we've been playing. Uh, right. Gabe, was you playing a new game? Yes, I have. I want to... What's here about of, that? As a matter of fact, not only have I played a new game, I've played an old game as well. Ooh. And what I'm referring to is I had a chance to play Sonic Mania this past week. Nice. Now, Sonic Mania, for those who don't know, is a classically... It was like a classic style Sonic the Hedgehog game from back in our youth, pretty much. So back in the 1990s, Sonic the Hedgehog was a premier franchise for the Sega Genesis. It had four different games for that system. Sonic 1 through 3 and Sonic and & Knuckles. Those are the main Sonic games. Give or take the spin-offs like Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine, Sonic Spinball, Sonic 3D Blast, stuff like that. But the main appeal for those mainline Sonic games were the creative level design how fast you can go in terrain and like go across the different levels like how how like fast you can actually go and complete the game in a specific amount of time and stuff the game was initially created to combat super mario back around the super nintendo days because they because sega at the time wanted to combat like compete against mario and how popular he was with their own edgy sort of tude like character with like sonic the hedgehog what was and what was the saying? It does when Nintendo don't. Sega does when Nintendo don't. That's what it is. Yep. That was the slogan that Sega of America used to compete against Nintendo. So, their main game that they released, like a few years after the release of the Sega Genesis, was Sonic the Hedgehog around 1992. So by that point, the Genesis had released. It was competing against the NES, and the main launch game that was for that system at the time was Altered Beast, and so they had to look for a specific type of different character to try to have as a mascot, because this is the era of video games where each company had to have a mascot in order to compete against Mario. So Sega chose Sonic. Flash forward to 2017. This is a 2D Sonic game in every sense of the word. Creative level design, fast pace. You can play as either Sonic, Tails, or Knuckles. You can play as Sonic and Tails if you want the authentic, like Sonic the Hedgehog 2 like feel. 
And you know what? Even after all the creative levels that I've gone through so far, I've only maybe gone through half of the game since Tuesday. I literally downloaded the game. I played through half the game in one sitting, and I am amazed at how much not only nostalgia that I got from playing this, but how refreshing it felt in this year, in 2017, to play a new Sonic the Hedgehog game that's actually a fucking Sonic the Hedgehog game. And not any not any of the extra bullshit from what's been introduced from Sonic Adventure, from the games that were released, the whole hot garbage between Sonic Boom and all this other shit. <laughs> Just something that's more akin to my tastes. My tastes of being a kid playing games on the Sega Genesis and just enjoying and having fucking fun and how Sonic, how fast he's going around the stages, how often I'm going to be going forth and collecting rings, finding these crazy-ass bosses, because the game plays so simply, and it's so basic in terms of story and in terms of level, like, navigability and stuff. Man, there is so much intricate little stuff that you will miss Unless you played the game multiple times, you know? And it really feels refresh- refreshing. At this point in time, it's a, this is this is really fantastic, in my honest opinion. <laughs> That's awesome. I know. I know, right? It's like, it just feels, in grand scale of things... I mean, the whole reasoning how Sonic Mania got to what it is right now is because Sega of America reached out to... Uh, well, oh gosh, that uh, Christian. Uh, oh gosh, I'm trying to remember the name of the actual company, but uh, Christian Whitehead. That's who I'm. That's who I was uh, referring to. And who this person is is in the Sonic modding community. This is the guy that was responsible for creating these elaborate modifications and stuff for old like Sonic games and stuff. And so Sega reached out to him in order to help out create this new Sonic game. And so after a couple, like maybe like about a year or something like this, this is how we got Sonic Mania. And I've I've kept tabs on it since its initial unveil, seeing a bunch of different types of trailers. I basically basically had no clue how good this game was going to be. It's actually my most surprising gaming experience of the year so far. You know, actually, you know, to go forth and be surprised by a Sonic the Hedgehog game. You know, I mean, Sonic has pretty much had been like in sort of a mixed kind of tailspin since around uh, twenty years, pretty much. <laughs> in my honest opinion, yeah. you have random good games in the series. You know, in the franchise in general, like uh, for instance, maybe Sonic Colors. I kind of like Sonic like uh, Lost World a little bit. You know, say what you will about certain games being good, like say it might be Sonic Adventure 2, but <sighs> that series, that franchise, they somehow in all of that time forgot actually how to make a good Sonic game. Because <laughs> they try to appeal to everyone of different type of niches and at one point created a Sonic the Hedgehog 4 game, which was like okay, this is utterly disappointing. And not just disappointing yeah. like like they just missed the mark by a couple of inches. No, we're talking about disappointing how it was broken up into two episodes and the game felt stagnant and boring. <laughs> but uh yeah, I've gone through a couple of uh redesigned levels. Like the original 
Sonic the Hedgehog has Green Hill Zone. When you start off the game, you play Green Hill Zone. And it starts playing like the same, but halfway through the stage, things start to change up. It actually starts becoming a new stage. It's remastered so that it feels like a fresh experience. Because the first couple of uh, levels in this, uh, the World 1, it is like a uh, retelling of uh, specific games in the franchise so far, the those main Sonic games. Because World 2, you go forth to the Chemical Plant Zone from Sonic the Hedgehog 2. And oh <laughs> my god, how crazy, how much crazy edits they've done in terms of like those stages. I mean, I kid you not. It actually feels a lot more crazier because you have these loop-the-loops and stuff. You have these like these these uh, random pipes. You have all these random like like beakers and stuff. At one point, you're traveling on uh, platforms which look like little helix things from DNA molecules, just transporting you up and down the stage and stuff. I I at certain points don't even understand what the fuck's going on on the screen, but at the same time, I'm having a blast playing it because. It makes me feel like I'm a kid. <laughs> Are you also a squid now? Mm, no. Okay. Unfortunately not. No, yeah. now I'm a hedgehog. <laughs> oh, cool. Cool. I'm tails in. But uh, I will say this, Tyler. If you even have remotely a little bit of... Like, uh, if you're even a little bit of a fan of the old Sonic the Hedgehog games from back in the day, you absolutely need to play this game. This is the retro retread done right. This has me convinced that they are going to sell successfully this game over their new game that they're going to be releasing, Sega, later on this year, Sonic Forces. Because... I feel with them going into, like, uh, their fan community and actually finding some, like, this guy Christian Whitehead that actually creates and, like, has made these Sonic levels, like, almost like a best of things, it feels fresh. I feel they could potentially make more games similar to this in the future, and it has me excited. (laughs) It actually has me excited for Sonic the Hedgehog. (laughs) That's awesome, man. I'm, I'm, I'm happy for, you know, you and for a lot of people, like... You know, I talked about it. I'm, I grew up, I played a lot of Sonic when I had a Genesis. I was never a big fan of Sonic. Uh, uh-huh. I, was more, I was more of a Streets of Rage kind of guy. So if we can get Streets of Rage Mania, I'll be happy with that. Uh, oh, yeah. Well, you can always play Streets of Rage, like, on the 3DS, too. <laughs> yeah, but I want a new one, you know what I mean? I beat those games, like, a million times. I remember yeah. back in the day, I, put, I played, like, six, seven games in a row of Streets of Rage 2. Just keep beating the game. Oh, um, my God, dude. That yeah. does sound amazing. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> But yeah, I don't, yeah, uh, I'm happy for people. It's not my game, uh, like I said, but uh, I'm happy that Sonic, you know, it's one of the staples of all-time gaming, and it should be treated better, and I'm happy, yes. uh, for now at least, until Forces comes out, because that's probably going to be a bad game, uh, but I'm happy for now we got a good Sonic game out in yes. a while for the first time, uh, probably f- since 3, Sonic and Knuckles maybe? I think this is the first universally accepted good Sonic game since around the 1990s. I kid yeah. you not. Because even when, because yeah. even when Sonic Adventure came out towards the later half of the 90s and like early 2000s, that game was not universally praised. 
there were fundamental problems. There were bad glitches, bad voice acting. There were a lot of like questionable elements, like like that whole fishing mini game portion with Big the Cat. Which, oh yeah, I kid you not, that is boring as shit, and it's so finicky to like have the freaking fishing rod in order to try to catch Froggy and all that other stuff. I mean, I watched the entire gameplay of what the Game Grumps did for Sonic Adventure because I had a mild curiosity having played Sonic Adventure 2 and never playing the original. And oh my god, that game. Oh my god, that is not a good game. I'm sorry, guys, but no. (laughs) It's bad. Sonic Gaming is bad. And that was one of the main touts for the Sega Dreamcast. Yeah. <laughs> Skies of Arcadia is the best game, Dreamcast game of all time. Oh, well, I could see that. Yeah. Mm, no, it is. It's objective. <laughs> I've said it. It's now law. Uh, yeah. Right, did you play anything else in? No. No, I oh, just okay. played maybe a little bit of like Pokemon Yellow, but other than that, though, that was my main game that I played, Sonic Mania. That's cool, man. Um, I'm going to jump in while we're playing there real quick. Uh, yeah. Touched on a little bit, uh, Hellblade. Uh, I said it wrong. It's Senua's Sacrifice. And I said the name wrong. I kept thinking I Am Setsuna uh, for some reason. Every time I heard the damn game, I think I Am Setsuna. <laughs> so I kept calling her Setsuna. Uh, it's actually Senua's, uh, and the, the after it's Hellblade, Senua's Sacrifice. Um, I finished it up uh, the other night. Uh, I want to say about seven hours to finish. Uh, just, you know, like I talked about last week. Uh, it's a story-driven game, mostly. The combat throughout, still really good, I think. They add, they, they add um, there's not a lot of it. You, you probably spend maybe grand total, depending, depending on maybe, not including like replaying and dying and shit, maybe 15, 20% of the game actual in combat. Um, and But it was usually a short burst, and it was there. It was fun. Every battle was was tense. Um, but they added enough new new enemies here and there. Uh, to kind of make you change up the way, change the formula, the way you've been playing, I, I think enough to, uh, you know, never you never got bored. There wasn't a lot of different enemy types, but you didn't fight enough, and you know they put them in at a good rate, so it was good uh, from that standpoint. But the story is the standout to me, outside of the graphics. Beautiful game, like I said last week, best game I've seen this generation, uh, graphically. Uh, makes makes not one of those games that made made me uh, getting a four K. Me getting a 4K and a Pro, uh, no, no reason, you know, I'm happy to have it. Horizon, I thought was enough, but now it's just Hellblade was a cherry on top um, for 4K. But uh, the story of this game is, this game is probably the best combination of gameplay and story that I've played all year. Like, nice. Horizon's got a got a pretty good story and really, really great combat. Zelda's got a okay story. It's a good combat, but awesome. One of the best, maybe, open-world games we've ever seen. Uh, yes. But I think Hellblade, through the whole package, the whole entire thing, might be the... It's I don't want to say it's game of the year yet, but it has definitely forced its way into that conversation for me. Uh, what it touches upon, and I mentioned it, it dealt with mental illness, and Senua's got psychosis, so she's... Like, so she has like a lot of hallucinations. She's dealing with all these voices in her head. And I talk about like um, this game. I feel is a must, absolutely, and I mean a must to play this with headphones on uh, because you hear the voices. And not only not only do you hear the voices better, um, but the way it actually works out in your head, where like you're playing a game and like 
you'll hear like one voice in your head be kind of being like, you you can keep going, you gotta keep going, you gotta keep going in your left ear, and then in your right ear you're hearing, what are you doing? You gotta turn back. You might you need to turn back. What are you doing? You can't do this. Uh, so it was like a like a almost like a angel demon type of like on your shoulder situation, uh, huh. dealing with all those voices and the sound is wonderful. Um, but I think the key thing is the, just the voices in her head that you're dealing that she's dealing with, um, but also just like the hallucinations she's having and her dealing with that and like can I can she trust what she's seeing and like what she's seeing is that really happening and the story like where she her her um her lover uh, Dillian uh, is his name I figured that out now uh, you know he he was he was killed uh, by a, in a raid and she's going uh, to helium i believe is how you pronounce it uh uh-huh. to try to get try to save his soul she actually carries uh and like wrapped in like in like a bag or something uh his head and she needs that to get his soul back and it's a story about her dealing with her and over trying to overcome um what she doesn't understand what it is uh she thinks it's this thing called the darkness um uh-huh. into the darkness and uh <laughs> you know she you know she's dealing with this she thinks like she's these weird creatures attacking her and like witchcraft type stuff going on, uh, but she doesn't fully understand. Because you know, back in that time, in that that universe, in that world, and really in our world, we didn't understand what mental illness was. We in real real life shit thought it was like a form of witchcraft and like you're demon worshiping or you're possessed by an evil spirit. When really right. they were they had mental illnesses and. This game is that where she's dealing with all these things in her head, but she doesn't understand what it is, and she's fighting to overcome these demons and all these things. And that's what the whole game is about: is her overcoming these this mental illness. And I, I think the it's it's a really sensitive t- uh, subject to touch, uh, especially nowadays, um, maybe more now than ever. Um, and they do it really, really well. Um, huh. And that's I mean, you would think when you're hearing a game like. This deals with mental illness. Like, ooh, that feels maybe like kind of a weird, like, buzzword thing you're doing here uh, to sell some copies or you're going to fuck this up. Because you don't really see, maybe outside of Spec Ops the Line, uh, no other game has really ever tried to do it, maybe. Or a game, or maybe there's other games out there we don't, we, that have tried to do it and it failed poorly or it failed badly and it did poorly, whatever. Um, this game fucking nails it. The whole thing, the whole package. Is so good, and I, it sucks because this game is reviewing really well. Um, mm-hmm. For the most part, it's I think it's in the 80s on Metacritic, uh, but it sucks. I feel like this game is going to kind of get passed over. Coming out when you know, like we thought, like I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, we're getting ready for the busy the busy season of gaming. Um, you know, it's, so people are too busy talking about the shit coming up that this game is going to get lost in the shuffle. There, uh, it's mm-hmm. not coming out. You know, people aren't going to go to GameStop. And see this as a game that you really, I feel like people like us that are in the know, listen to podcasts, right. uh, go on Twitter, read about games, read about what's going on, reading the news. A lot of us are know what this game is, are going to hear about it, and nobody else is really going to, you know, the, the the people that just go out and go to the store and see what's out there, they're not going to know about this game, unfortunately. And I feel like this is a game that everybody should check out, even you know, just for the story alone. Put it on easy. I don't care. But I feel like a lot of people, you should check this game out. I think it needs to be checked out. I want more people to play this game. It's thirty dollars. Um, it's they, Ninja Theory is talking about bringing back the mid tier game, the double A games. Um, and this game, I feel, is a real triple triple A game with a really good price on it, thirty bucks. 
I paid more more money for lesser, way lesser games uh, this generation. And this is for the price and the experience I got. One of the best overall th this year, maybe this generation. Um, I said thirty bucks digital only, unfortunately. Uh, but yeah, people check this game out. It's really good. Watch a couple of things online about it. Uh, there, I mean, there's some downsides. I think the puzzles are kind of meh. Uh, you kind of do the same thing over and over again, puzzle-wise. They're interesting, but they're, they don't really ever evolve too much. There's a couple different types of puzzles they do at certain points of the game, but the final, like the like the first couple hours, a lot of tutorial. There's no real tutorial, so you're really just kind of learning. And I can feel like you know, might be a little, you're not might not getting it for like what the buzz, the big thing going on with this game is. But once you get out of like the first two sections and you get to the real. Uh, real meat of the game is when this game it builds and builds and builds and all the way up to the final battle the final boss that whole final section is fucking awesome and fantastic the last cutscene is great and I'm you get so I don't I'm not usually a guy like I like getting trophies achievements that shit's cool but it sucks so you get all but one trophy for being for beating this game okay. except for if you find what are called lore stones which are kind of like audio logs and it's cool at this game I think I can't really say it North Norse mythology, I think. North, I'm Norse. not sure how you pronounce it. Yeah, Norse uh, mythology. Norse, thank you. I, I I can't. I always have trouble pronouncing it. I remember how to say it. Um, but anyways, it you find these lore stones and then like audio logs. It's one of the one of the other voices in her head, kind of going telling you the kind of the mythology of um, of Norse mythology, basically, and telling you the backstory and also builds up some of the bosses and enemies and other things you're going to encounter. Builds that shit up so. Um, if you find all 44, 40, 44 of them in the game, you get an extra uh, scene at the end of the game. And also, that's how you get the platinum is after beating the game is finding all those. I missed fucking two in the uh -huh. first section of the game. And you can't go back and get them. So, not only did I miss the extra cutscene, I was that close to getting the platinum. So, that's a game I want to uh -huh. platinum because that's a fantastic game. And I feel like that's a great, that you know, getting a platinum in a game like that where it's not, you know, you go out of your way a little bit get the shit. Uh, I think it's a good way to say you really like that game. So, yeah, um, one of the best games of the year so far. My, you know, Sonic Mania is your big surprise of the year. This yes. is my biggest surprise of the year. This floored me uh, when I after after a couple hours of this game playing it. Uh, yeah, fantastic game. Uh, but uh, real quick before we get out of here, uh, I almost forgot to do this. Gables, we did Juzzy's uh, bracket last week for eight yes. favorite franchises. We're gonna do yours this week. So, oh, uh, if you can, <laughs> give me your eight favorite franchises. All right. So, let's get a couple out of the way first. Mario. Okay. Legend of Zelda. Zelda. Pokemon. Pokemon. Gotta catch them all. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Metal Gear Solid. Okay. And GS. Okay. Okay. So, that's four right there. I'm, yep, I'm going to be digging deep right here. Just... Going balls deep here. Um, Castlevania. Castlevania. Okay. Let's see. What else do I have on here? I know there's some recent franchises I do like, too. Uncharted. The Uncharted oh. series. That's five. Uh, we're at six now, actually. Oh, six. Yes, six. We're at. <clears throat> now I just need to come up with two more. Think of my favorite franchises. Final Fantasy. Final. Okay. One more. Hmm. Persona. Persona. Okay. 
All right, so we are randomly generating these seeds. Okay. Uh, so I don't know. I you know. So oh, here we go. So whoo, damn! Right off the bat, number one seed is Zelda versus okay. number eight seed Uncharted. <laughs> oh man, that is a good one. Let's see. Oh boy, there are definitely some good experiences inside the Uncharted series. I mean, I did like my my time during Uncharted Four, which I feel is the best of that series. But in the grand scheme of things, even though all the Uncharted games I've played were fun and that they were very good in terms of like uh, what they were. Uncharted Four was your game some... of the year. I know Uncharted Four was my game of the year. Uncharted One, I think, as a game, like uh, there were some sections which I didn't like, like the whole thing with the whole jet ski and stuff, having to yeah, ride with Elena, that stuff. That sucked. And then, like on the Vita game and stuff, there it was pretty much kind of like uh, in between game, which didn't really feel up to snuff in terms of maybe even like it was maybe like a little bit better than Uncharted One, but not so much as Uncharted Two. But if I had to give it to one of the two, it would have to be the Legend of Zelda series. Okay. Why? Because there Fair are enough. many great games in that series that I enjoy. So yeah. let's see the next one. All right, Metal Gear Solid, the number four seed against. Oh boy. Number five seed, Pokemon. That's going to hurt. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so basically we have a childhood franchise that I grew up with against a game franchise that I played as a teen and got addicted to. Now mm-hmm. that is a fucking crazy shit to think of. Because <laughs> I love the Metal Gear Solid games. I mean, the only game I hadn't played in that franchise was I really need to do is MGS5. So, mm. oh, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. In terms of quality, man, both franchises have fucking good quality games. Shit. Um, yeah. <laughs> gosh, even even when I break up like individual games, the Metal Gear Solid and the Pokemon main games, fuck. fuck, fuck this fuck. this hurts me for you, man. <laughs> oh, oh, I know, <laughs> I know, because I know how good like the original Metal Gear Solid was, and MGS two, even though it was convoluted with some of the story elements with the whole Lolly Lolly Lo shit, it's like, oh the Patriots, you, oh yeah, you, yeah the fucking Patriots. You, oh, you and, can say like, the Patriots. Oh, cool. <laughs> the, the fucking Patriots, <laughs> but uh... <laughs> but man, yeah, Metal Gear Solid so three was fucking amazing though, with the whole mm-hmm. with the, all the bosses and the story and me staying up to fucking six a.m. playing that shit. But then I have Pokemon, dude, where it's like some of my favorite games for all time are like fucking gold and silver and then like collecting all the fucking Pokemon and like Omega Ruby and all that shit. I mean, damn. Um, well, it had to be one of the two, so I'm going with Pokemon. Okay. Ooh, <laughs> man. Damn. Okay. Next up, number two seed Persona versus okay. the number seven seed Final Fantasy. Hmm. Okay. Well, even though Persona 4 was definitely the best game, you know, Persona 4 Golden, the best game I've played on Vita. Loving Persona 5 so far, but let's see. Oh, boy. Final Fantasy. Final Fantasy, there have been some great games I've played in that series. Six, oh, four, like, four, five, and six were amazing. I mean, even five with even though the story wasn't as strong. So I'm going to go Final Fantasy over Persona. Okay. All right. And then last up for the first round, we have the number three seed Mario 
versus number six seed Castlevania. Oh shit, man! This is this is fucking harder than what Josie had to face last week. Dude. Oh man, this is Mario versus Castlevania. I mean, holy shit! The only way Justin's would have worked out is if Mario and Zelda played faced each other in the first round. He okay, got lucky would've... where they met in the finals. Okay, that would have fucking been entertaining to listen to because he mm-hmm. would have been strangling himself trying to think of ways. But mm-hmm. uh, let's see, Mario is my introduction to games. Oh boy, Mario 3, Mario World, all the various other types of stuff. Castlevania, I was sort of introduced to late. Some of my favorites of that franchise was Symphony of the Night, and even like some of the older games, the Super Castlevania 4, were amazing. Yeah, fuck, even the Game Boy Advance and the DS games were fucking excellent too. So I really haven't played too many bad games on either side. You know what? I'm going to go with Castlevania over Mario. Oh, shit. Okay. And the That's... only reason why I did that is because even though Mario was my introduction to great with great games and stuff like that, I think in terms of the franchise, you know, the most lasting appeal for me to replay again and again, I'm still constantly playing Castlevania Symphony of the Night every single, almost every single year off and on. I love the DS remakes i love aria of sorrow i'm still played bloodlines and stuff i play a lot more varied castlevania games like more commonly than i do mario games where i just play maybe one or two a year yeah so that makes sense to me all right that's the big shocker of the first round all right so second round final four we got the number one seed zelda against the number five seed pokemon (laughs) oh shit Oh, <laughs> I'm just laughing at the sheer just thought of it. Um, hmm. Thinking the back as I was a teenager, Ocarina of Time, Majora's Mask, Wind Waker, Link to the Past, and even probably one of my best games that I've ever played in terms of like uh, Zelda games, like Breath of the Wild. You know that is that those games, man. Those mean something right there. Then. Comparing that to the main Pokemon games and stuff, where I have been playing that series, that franchise off and on since I was fucking 10 years old, dude. It's... Man. Man. (laughs) And what's worse is I just played through Zelda game not too long ago with Breath of the Wild, and I'm going to be playing another fucking mainline Zelda game. No, another mainline Pokemon game pretty soon. (sighs) Hmm. Hmm. I'm gonna go Pokemon. Oh boy, I know. Oh, I, know. My... I, I, <laughs> my... it's just barely edged out Legend of Zelda, and I ah. will just say it's just how much I spent, like uh, just thinking about formulating like strategies and stuff. It's how deep Pokemon is that make me have it more of an edge to say Zelda. Where it's like, okay, go through the game and stuff like that. There is replayability through both. But man, there's just a lot more for me just to strategize and do with Pokemon. <laughs> yeah. My my testicles hurt for you. Uh, <clears throat> next up in the, the final uh, semifinal game, we have number seven seed Final Fantasy against the number six seed Castlevania. <sighs> So let's see. It's pretty much pers- 
it's pretty much Final Fantasy versus Castlevania. Mm-hmm. Hmm. On one hand, I got Symphony of the Night. On the other hand, I have Final Fantasy VI. Mm. <laughs> Let's see. I haven't played that one in a while. Great games, too. I'm going to go Castlevania over Final Fantasy. Even though right. Final Fantasy VI is one of my favorite games of all time, I like, I'm like. i going to drift over to the Castlevania series. Understandable. So before we get to the finals, we're going to we're gonna have the bronze medal game. Here, so we got Zelda, okay. the number one seed, versus the number seven seed, Final Fantasy. Who you got? Legend of Zelda. Okay, that's makes sense. no brainer. All right, yeah, yeah, might be the easiest one you've had so far. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then in the finals, we got uh, Pokemon versus Castlevania, buddy. It's gonna be Pokemon. It's going to be Pokemon. So basically, we have for the one, two, three is Pokemon's the number one, Castlevania's the number two, and The Legend of Zelda's at number three. Yep. And then we had, uh, what was the Final Fantasy at number four? So, man. Yeah. Not a bad Final Four. Oh my God, dude. But that was just crazy. Especially the fucking matchup with MGS. And, oh, man. Yeah, you got a, you had a, you had a, Justin had it easy. You had a rough start there, buddy. Really oh, rough man. Start yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Immediately yeah, you... the first round, I get fucking like, what was it? Like Zelda against what now? Pokemon. <laughs> Pokemon is. Like... <laughs> it's, or, yeah, it's Zelda versus Uncharted, then Pokemon versus MGS. So. Oh yeah. yeah so uh, yeah, I chose some good ones. <laughs> yeah, too well. You chose too well, but uh, that was fun. I I, I enjoyed that. That's more what I wanted. Uh, not Justin's goddamn bullshit. Fucking Pikmin. What the fuck's that bullshit? Pikmin. <laughs> fucking bullshit Fuck. pikmin is adorable but they're not good games uh anyways we're gonna we're gonna head on out of here we're going a little long uh so i want to thank you guys so much for listening if you want to hear more from us we're on facebook with a page and group uh drunk dash nerds uh check us out on there by uh, following or no liking and joining us on there on uh twitter we're at drunk nerds pod follow us on there uh best place to go when we post the show if you want to you want to know about it uh those are the two places to get to post first um, then on iTunes, obviously Drunk Dash Nerds were on there. Drunk, Drunk Dash Nerds podcast. Uh, leave us a five star review if you could. Subscribe. Um, leave a nice little comment, please. We really appreciate it if you would. And then um, also on YouTube, we are uh, Drunk Nerds podcast. Uh, so subscribe to us on there. I almost forgot. Like our videos. Uh, the podcast goes up on there as well. Uh, like those if you can. Uh, subscribe, like I said. Um, also, we've been doing a lot of streaming lately. Uh, we did uh, this Mobile Watch a couple weeks ago, and then Gables and I. Uh, did some Destiny last week, and then uh, mm-hmm. on this past uh, Thursday night, I um, uh, did some Overwatch with the guys from Shipwrecked and Talking Ship. So that's on there now. Um, so, but whenever we do streams, we'll post we'll post them on there. And also, speaking of streaming on Twitch, uh, Drunkenness Podcast is where we're at. So just um, follow us on there and get send us friend requests. We like having friends; those are nice. They're fun. Um, so check us out all those places. Really appreciate you guys listening to us this week. We'll check you out. Well, we'll be back next week. Uh, I was your host. I was Tyler. And I have been Colonel Gable. So until next week, everyone, game on and have yourself a lovely week. Hey, Gabe. Yeah. Part, party on. Party on, Garth. Yeah! <laughs> Never thought it would take five weeks to do that, but we, we did it. <laughs> it took five weeks to do that. You keep keeping count. I've been saying Darth Bart. Like, what's what's the other guy's name? 
Wayne, I think. Yes, Wayne. <laughs> uh, <laughs> bye, guys. beers there anyways we're on itunes now so go on there check us out and if you like us leave us a review and we'll even shout you out and jack will send you his credit card number <laughs>